0: I've been poached before. People have approached me and said, I don't know many Syrian girls that do this kind of job. I know you're a very hard worker. Would you want to come work for me? But I've turned down the offers because I really do love my job. I love the team that I work with and I love this industry.
1: Welcome to the What the Heck Do You Do Career Podcast, an inspiring look into the everyday jobs of Everyday People. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of What the Heck Do You Do? I'm so excited about today's guest. I love having boss women on the podcast because I just think it's so inspirational. And today's guest is literally a woman in a man's job, which I just think is so nice for people to hear that certain jobs are not for a certain gender and that any gender can do any job because, guys, it's 2020, you know? And she's unbelievable, so fun, so cool. Her name is Sylvia Dweck. She does fashion sales at Agme Apparel at the MAG Brands Division. So, Sylvia, what's doing?
0: Hey, Carol. What's up? <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're really so excited to have you. Um, I think a lot of people are just, like, interested in hearing what your job is. And I've heard this from a bunch of people. So, tell us, what the heck do you do?
0: So, the simple answer is that I do sales. Um, I could be selling makeup, fire extinguishers. I know people that sell supplies to jails. I could sell pencils. But I happen to sell apparel. Very cool.
1: So what does that look like on the day-to-day?
0: So on a day-to-day, an example would be, um, let's say a customer comes in. So sacks, for example will come in and Casual. we'll sacks. Right. <laughs> <So, laughs> uh, they come in and they're like, okay, hi, what's up? How are you? Great. We want to see your spring 21 line. So that is the next season that's coming up. And it's what we're working on right now. That's um, because
1: it's summer 2020 and you guys are like thinking about spring. 21. Yeah.
0: You always have to think ahead when you're in sales in the, in this industry in general, like you're always talking about the next season. It's like, Whoa. Like when we were working on 2020, I was like, what the heck is going on? Crazy. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, Saks comes in and they're like, show us your spring 21 collection. So we go in the showroom and I happen to sell Fila kids apparel. So they want to see that line. So I have a bunch of hoodies, sweatpants, shorts, T-shirts, all hanging up on the wall. And now we start talking and we start going through um, the line sheet, which means like the pricing sheet. And they have a set of KEDs. So for those of you that don't know, KED means it stands for computer aided design. And it's like little pictures that my designers make of our clothing. So while they're looking at the KEDs, I'm showing them physical samples and I hold it up. But it's good when buyers come to the showroom because they get to actually touch and feel the product, which is the whole point of a showroom meeting.
1: hmm got it. So they're yeah. looking at the CADs. They have like these pictures in front of them and then they might say, okay, I want to see this. You'll pull it up off the wall. They're able to like feel it and touch it and decide if they want to put it in their stores. Exactly. Okay, so as like the salesperson, I'm guessing like you're selling them. So how do you go about pitching them?
0: So my, the way that I personally sell I'm a very honest person. So, and I think my buyers value that. Mm -hmm. I'm always giving my opinion. I make sure that I'm creating genuine relationships with them so that they trust me.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: You know, I don't want to sound like a used car dealer when I'm talking to my buyers.
1: Right. It reminds me of like when you go shopping and there are those people there that like work in the store and they're just like, this looks great on you. Everything looks great on you. And then it's like, I don't yes. really believe you. Like I value the people who tell me like, oh, this doesn't look so good, but this would look good on you. So, so you're doing that just in a bigger scale.
0: So it's actually funny that you're using that as an example, because I did used to work in retail. I used to work in a clothing store. I don't know if you knew that. No, I didn't know that. <laughs> so, I used to work in a clothing store and I would be the same exact way. With anybody that walked in, I would give them the honest opinion. Because when I go shopping, I want people to be honest with me. I don't right. want them to tell me that looks so good and then I walk out and I look horrible. Right. You know? hmm I'd right. rather so... them be happy than make a sale and then they regret the decision, you know?
1: Yeah. And sales in general, it's all about relationship building. Because a lot of people can have very similar products, but you trust the people that you want to be working with, for
0: sure. 100%. I agree.
1: Okay, so you're showing them the different clothing. You're giving them your honest opinion.
0: Right, so it doesn't just stop there. So now they start writing. They whip out their pencil. Note this, buyers only use pencils because <laughs> they have to have an eraser. The eraser could be good or bad because sometimes they'll up their quantities. Sometimes they'll, they're going to lower them. Right. Um, you want them to be circling styles. When you see a pen, a pencil, excuse me, Um, moving. That's how you know you're doing good.
1: Right. They're circling the things they want. basically. Exactly.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes. So they're circling, they're going, they're doing, they're writing down the prices. We talk out loud. And then I will literally take their papers, go to the copy machine, make a copy, come back, give them their copy back. And it's like, okay, what do I do from there? Whatever. We finish up the meeting. I go back to my desk. And that's when I start writing my Excel sheets, entering orders. Like, so when a buyer comes into the showroom and tells you that they're interested in something, it's not always an automatic order. Like sometimes they need to go back and put it on a real purchase order, which mm-hmm. is, so the term in the industry is PO, purchase order. Mm-hmm. That's what the buyers send for, to make their orders. Got it. Wait, um, so just
1: going back, when you're in the showroom, are you guys like negotiating in that room? Or are they trying to like, up the you're trying to like get them on a higher price and they're trying to lower the price based on the quantity or does that not happen in the showroom
0: it does of course it happens sales is all about the deals and the steals and that's what the job is and every account that comes in obviously wants better pricing
1: right for sure okay so now you're on your excel sheets you're entering in the orders which you're hoping are going to happen some of them might not go through but still you want to just keep organized
0: right so i have to send in a bulk order which Literally means they are entering the numbers for the style, the color, how many units they want. They're entering that in the system so that I am protecting those goods for that account. Right. So like if you have those
1: goods already made, nobody else should buy them because it's for this account.
0: Exactly. But like going back to talking about how if I'm showing spring 21, we didn't buy the goods yet. Like now we're just showing them the line to get their opinions and their feedback.
1: Oh cool. So did you ever have somebody tell you like we don't like this shirt or whatever and then go back and like get it off the line or, or anything? yes,
0: So I gave Saks as an example and they're actually not one of our biggest accounts, but for example, a big account that comes in, let's say Burlington is one of our very big accounts. They come in and we give them a preliminary line review where they come, they look at the line and they literally give us their opinions. I like this pant, this hoodie this short, I want this color, this is great. Or they even tell us like, I hate this, get it off the line. Nobody really says hate, but like they'll say, I don't like this. Also, Mm -hmm. it's a lot about facial expressions. Like when they're going through the line, I like to look at their faces Mm -hmm. to see like, okay, you know, they're into that or they're not into something else. And we do value their opinion because they know what sells in their stores. Like I could be very up to date on what's trending and what I like, but they know their customers. And it it really, different. like it's different with every single account.
1: Right, so you have to understand their customer base and sell them based on who their customer is. So you might show different pieces to different stores. Like obviously the people who are shopping at Saks might be different than people who are shopping at like TJ Maxx and Marshalls.
0: Exactly, so like they get, we sell them different lines. We have different, we have a better line and then we have our off price line.
1: So what exactly is an off-price line?
0: So off-price means heavily discounted. So the – I don't know how to explain it. Oh, tough no, I'm getting
1: you because, like, when I go to Saks, like, they'll have this Fila shirt and it's this much money, like $100. And then somehow I could go to Marshalls and get it for $30. Is that how right. it happens? Yes.
0: Yeah. So it, de- it really depends. Like, the quality of the goods, most of the time, it's different depending on where you're shopping. And that's with any company, just so you know, it's a little secret. But a lot of times, like the things you're going to find of ours at Marshall's could be things that we had on Closeout. So it could be, we got a cancellation from a big account that was buying our heritage goods. And we're like, okay, who could we move this to? And who are we allowed to sell it to? So we'll give them those cancellations. Perfectly good product, just the customer didn't want it anymore. They didn't need it. I
1: love all this insider information yeah (laughs) okay cool so how did you end up in this position it's actually a really
0: funny story and I don't know if you know but I actually started at the bottom so that's always
1: the best by the way I'm just going to shout it out because I think people who start at the bottom they really understand all the ins and outs of the company and they're like usually hustlers so tell us the story
0: So um, I actually got my job from SBH, shout out to them. They helped me, shout out to Vicky. Happens to be, I had a job lined up for myself right when I was graduating college. And like I had an internship, great, they offered me a job. Two weeks before graduation, they come to me and they were like, oh, we're really sorry, we're restructuring and we don't need you. And I was like, oh, this is so annoying because I was graduating. I didn't look for a job. I had it handed to me. But at the same time, I knew it was a blessing in disguise because I really did not like the job. I was only taking it for convenience. Mm -hmm. I was not happy in the internship. I literally took it for convenience. Okay, fine. Happens to be I was doing everything I can to find a job. And I I don't know why I wasn't going to SBH. I was like, I don't want to go to them. I don't want to go to them. I'm like, okay, this is my last straw. I'm going to SBH. I speak to Vicky. She's helping me. She's like, we're going to find you something great. Literally, the day we're moving to deal, I have an interview set up. I go to the city. I'm on my way to the city, and I get a phone call. The woman calls me. She's like, hi, I'm calling from Adjme Apparel. I got your name and number from Vicky Mastery from SBH. Are you around to come for an interview? I happen to be going to the city. So I go, okay, sure. Like I could come in later today. Great. We set it up. I call my mom. I go, ma, we're moving to deal later. Sorry. She goes, anything, just go get a job. I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> so I go to the first interview and they happen to offer me the job. It was for a similar position. It was to do, it was with wholesale apparel as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they offered me the job and I told them I need a few, like, could I let you know tomorrow or in a few days? Sure. I go to Edgeme. they're interviewing me. It's literally to be an intern, okay? The first one was for a job. And at Edgeme, it was to be a design intern. I don't know why, I just had this gut feeling. But in the interview, they had mentioned to me, there's a lot of room for growth here. It's a very <laughs> big company and we like to move within. Right. So I, they offered me the job and something, I just took it on the spot. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. I had a very good feeling. So fine. I spent my whole summer being an intern, literally doing everything interns do. I was running around the city in the 90 degree heat, running to stores, doing returns. I was a bag lady. I was cutting colors, swatches, like anything you think an intern does. Even getting lunch. I was getting lunch. I was getting coffee. I was doing all of that. Mm hmm happens to be I was very friendly and I was making friends around the office like I would say hi to the people my desk was on the way to the bathroom so
1: best placement honestly (laughs) best and worst it's like sitting in the back of the plane but then also like being right next to the bathroom but people always have to pass things
0: exactly so it ended up being an advantage to me and I made friends and one day towards the end of the summer, this girl came up to me and she was like, oh, what's your story for the fall? And I told her, I'm like, story? I don't have a schedule. Like I graduated college. I- I'm free. I'm around. She just said, okay, great. She walked away. Now I'm so happy that something clicked in my head. I went back to her and she did sales in a different division, in the division that I'm in right now. And I went to her. I'm like, are you looking for help? And she said, I actually am. So yeah, I spoke. For you. Good yes. For you. So. Um, I didn't know anything about sales. I did not know that I wanted to do sales. When I graduated college, I wanted to do product development. Right. And so I spoke to Raymond, who is my boss. And he was like, I would love to have you. I don't usually hire Syrians, but there's something about you. I see it in you. And he's like, let's go. So happens to be, I thought I would be helping the girl. Like I thought I would be her assistant or something. Turns out I was replacing her. Wow. Yeah. I had no clue. I'm like, Oh my God. So I just got thrown into this
1: position. I know nothing about. Okay. wait. So before we go on to like, what happened when you started, I just want to highlight so many amazing things that you just mentioned. First of all, for those of you who don't know, SBH um, career services, their career agency. So that's like a great shout out. Don't feel like it's, it's this thing that's stigmatized that you can't go to career agency. They're amazing. They have such great resources, like definitely reach out to them. The second thing is knowing, like you had that knowledge that if a company has room for growth, it's okay to start at the bottom. As long as they're telling you that they really do have that room for growth, sometimes it's better to start out with no salary and have a place to move up than starting with a great salary. And that's like your cap and you can never move from there. So I think that that was awesome for you to recognize that. And it's always a good question to ask at an interview, which is like, what is the room for growth at this company or within this job? So I'm so happy you pointed that out. The third, and I think the most impressive thing is just that you spoke up for yourself. Like if you didn't say anything, who knows if you would have even moved anywhere. It could just be, you could have been an intern and then, okay, see you later. So amazing that you you opened your mouth. And then actually also, so many impressive (laughs) things, just networking in general within your company, people forget that that's so important, but having friends within your company, you can be doing the best job ever at your desk doing Mm -hmm. great things, but if nobody knows you, nobody's going to speak up for you. Nobody's going to want you on their team. So it's such a huge thing to make connections. Linda Sabag in episode one also talked, spoke about this, but I think it's just like such an amazing lesson for people.
0: A hundred percent. And that's honestly, that's what my job is. My job is to network and meet new people and build relationships and, I guess that's why people always used to tell me, like, you're so the type to be in sales. I never even thought of it. And they're telling me you're so the type to be in sales. I didn't know one thing about it. But I guess that was always just me. Like, I, you know, me, I like to make new friends. I'll see someone. uh, I'm very outgoing and personable. So yeah, you are for sure.
1: (laughs) So on that note, what, what character traits would people need to do your job other than being personable?
0: So you definitely have to be outgoing, positive, talkative. I guess it's like, I'm an extroverted person and it's good to be an extrovert when you're in this position. Mm -hmm. Um, You really need to be able to get out of your comfort zone, introduce yourself to new people, network, like we said. Um, Getting out of your comfort zone is like, when you're in sales, you need to cold call and randomly email people that you don't know because you're doing anything to find new accounts. Um, you have to be able to stand up in front of the room and show the line. It's literally giving presentations to people. Um, you just have to be open and create genuine relationships with the buyers. That's the whole thing with a sales job.
1: Right. And like you were saying in the beginning, like you could be selling anything. You could be selling pencils, but it just so happens to be that you're selling apparel, which for those of you who don't know Sylvia, she's like the most fashion forward person. She always looks amazing. So she's known fashion and you and you went to fashion school also, right?
0: Yes, I graduated from FIT with a bachelor's degree in fashion business management. Um, sounds super cool and that it's very fashion It's actually not. I, I definitely learned not about cool, fashion. Not
1: it's No, it,
0: it was very cool. It, it, it sounds cooler than it is, but I went to, I don't know how to design anything. When I was in school and we would be at a party and I would tell people I go to FIT, they're like, oh my God, could you make me a shirt? No, I, I was in a business school. Right,
1: I don't know. Important distinction to (laughs) make for people because there are things in FIT that are very like hands-on, and you're going to make the things, and there are things that are more business-focused.
0: Exactly, they have a design school and design and art, and they have a business school.
1: Mm -hmm. So I did business. So what types of things did you learn in terms of business? So I learned,
0: I learned so many different things. It's hard to pinpoint. Um, I learned about marketing and advertising. I learned about business techniques um I've had to I've had projects where I had to literally make my own business um what else did I take I love that
1: FIT is so hands-on with these like projects like they're really so applicable
0: they're very applicable um during school it was a lot of work people think you go to FIT to take the easy way out it's false for anybody listening FIT is not a joke Mm mm-hmm It's a lot of work. It's a lot of projects and presentations. But I really owe it to them that I am able to stand up in front of the room and give a presentation because that was always what we had to do. And one of the classes that I took, I think two of the classes that really stood out to me, um, was definitely my public speaking class. Mm -hmm. Because it helped me a lot. And the second was my team development class. It sounds like a joke. And it was a pretty easy class, but it definitely helped me with relationship building and how to work together on a team.
1: Which is so huge nowadays. I, I feel like everything in every company is very much about a team and leaning on other people and figuring out each other's strengths. Like I remember being in high school and people in group projects, it would just be like, okay, this one person's going to do the whole thing and you can't work together in like a stupid science fair, but that's such a valuable thing to learn how to actually work within a group because that's what everything is now and it's good that colleges are taking note of that and even though group projects in college are the worst it really is, it's, a, it's a huge lesson in how to work as part of a team
0: it really is and working on a team in the business world i personally think that if you are unable to work on a team your business will not succeed you have to make sure that everybody is on the same page and yes when you're working at a company of course, there's going to be people that that don't love each other and don't have the best of relationships. Look, everybody fights. It's natural. Everybody argues and has their different opinions. But at the end of the day, you have to all know that you're there for the same reason. And you want the outcome to be as great as possible.
1: Yeah, 100%. It's sort of like entering into a marriage in a sense. And like, you all have to like the the It's not about each individual person anymore. It's really about the company, the client, and whoever you're trying to service.
0: Exactly. It's like a give and take
1: relationship. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you were talking before about like that you went to a fashion school. Was that a requirement for getting the job?
0: No, definitely not a requirement to go to a fashion school to be in sales because as we said, you could be selling anything. Um, I don't think there's any specific requirements, but I do think it's encouraged to have a college degree. I think it's definitely, look, every job is different. Some jobs require the degree, but if they don't, it's a nice thing to see on a resume. So I do think everybody needs to go to college. That's my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, It's something that stands out on a resume. But for my job,
1: no, it's not a requirement,
0: but it's encouraged.
1: So the truth is I would say even more so than just like putting something on a resume, because for me, that's like, I'm never about just putting things on a resume, but I think the value of school is what you just said, where it's like, you're taking these classes and learning these skills that you may not have learned otherwise. So whether it be literal like excel skills which you're using or like marketing skills or team building skills mm-hmm. um, or networking connections whatever it may be that's i think like the big value of school and that's why people like to see it on a resume because you're learning these things about yourself and about the world
0: for sure. And like I was not even a good student in high school. I was horrible but I thrived in college. And I think it's really because I was learning things that
1: I was interested in. Mm -hmm. That's a great message. I really think, I hope that people take that to heart because I think it's so true. When you're learning something that you're really excited about, the game changes. A hundred percent. So I think maybe then we should focus more on like, instead of the school requirements, the character traits. So you mentioned a few of them, which is just like being personable, being outgoing, whatever. But I think one that I think you're saying is really really important is is being like assertive so that assertiveness that you have got you this job but I think also within sales like you have to you have to be able to speak up and like say your opinion like you said and be able to convince people but also like you have to be okay with people telling you no I'm sure right like people are hard to no
0: definitely there's definitely rejection involved but you have to know not to take it to heart And just because somebody rejects you doesn't mean that you're doing a bad job. It's just, look, they could be having a bad day. They could not need inventory at the moment. You know, you don't know what anybody's going through and what. Look, maybe they don't have money right now, this store. Everything is, you know, everything's changing by the minute in this industry.
1: You ever bomb a pitch meeting?
0: Did I ever bomb a pitch meeting? Look, I'm
1: not perfect.
0: I'm sure. I've messed up somewhere along the lines, but I can't think of anything specific. Mm -hmm.
1: The truth is, as long as you're learning from like those, everybody makes little mistakes now. So as long as you learn from them and and grow from them, I think that's the biggest. biggest Of course. And there could be like
0: in a sales job, like you think it's only going into the showroom and selling. But there's also the back, like the what's the word I'm looking for? like everything that goes on behind the scenes, which is all of the Excel sheets that I work on. Oh, mm-hmm. I took an Excel class in college. That was very good.
1: Yeah. Very, very beneficial. This has beneficial. been a big theme. People like knowing computer skills, knowing Excel skills, like it's really, it's in every industry.
0: Yeah. No, you, you gotta know. you. And even if you don't know, ask questions. There's always somebody that will be able to help you and tell you, okay, this is what you need to do, you know, and go online, look at
1: YouTube. They have a bunch of videos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I actually have a group chat um, where, shout out to Linda again, Linda Sabag, she's an Excel guru and she sends us every day a video of like something on Excel and how to do it. And it's so super helpful uh, because it's just like learning these things and, and you don't realize how much you can do on Excel. So I think this is for sure a theme that's been coming up in every single episode. Excel skills are really, really valuable.
0: I want to be edited. I feel like I could always <laughs> learn something new. No, okay, I'm well, not you. kidding. Yeah, so I, I've, I've, like, missed the point that I was trying to say. But um, with all of those Excel sheets, you have to be extremely detail-oriented. And it's a lot of double-checking your work because a mistake that could happen, and thank God it never happened to me, but it could be something as small as, like, giving the buyers the wrong prices. Like, when I pull reports from my system, um, like, we see the landed cost, which basically means what it costs us as a company to mm-hmm. make the product mm-hmm. if i give that to a buyer and they see like the raw cost in right. front of them that's mm-hmm. a that's a huge mistake right
1: because then they're never going to want to buy the price that you're trying to sell them at like if the t-shirt costs 50 cents they're not going to want to pay six dollars for it or whatever
0: exactly exactly that's a great example so just something like that could be a very big mistake. does it or be even... hard
1: for you to shop when you know like how much these things cost to make and then all of a sudden you're paying like, like a million times that price? No,
0: I, it's funny. I don't think like that at all when I'm shopping. People, I could see how people would be hesitant when they're in this job and they know like it costs $2 to make the shirt and they're
1: spending $30 on it, mm-hmm. but... I'm just not that type of person. Also, I guess you see all the things that have to go into getting it to the shelf. also. Like, it's not just you. It's also the buyers. It's the designers. It's the, you know, like- Production. It's, it's a whole everything. thing. Yeah, it's, it's a whole process. Right. Very interesting. Oh, and I also mm-hmm. wanted to mention something that you said earlier, which is like, you have to have an understanding not just like of people and how to speak to them, but like like you said before, body language. So being able to read people in your job is super important. And I love that you brought that up because- I've said this a bunch of times, but I think people are so one dimensional when it comes to matching their skill sets with a job. So like for you, you liked fashion, happens to be like you're in fashion, but like you speaking to people, knowing how to speak to people. Some people are like, oh, I'm good with people. So let me be a teacher or let me be a therapist or let me be this. But you don't realize how widely applicable those skills are. Like understanding people's body language is not only good for a therapist, it's also good for sales and it's also good for a million other jobs. So I'm happy that you were able to use that skill of yours in the job that you're at, which is awesome. Thanks. (laughs) Because really anybody who knows Sylvia, she's an amazing people person. And it's like, when you're using something that you're good at in your job, that's what makes people love their jobs. Is that like, I'm just doing my natural stuff and just I'm able to do it and get paid for it.
0: Exactly, I love my job because I could be me. Like I don't have to be a fake person. I'm doing what I would do on a normal day, you know? Like I'm just being myself, being Sylvia, talking, you know me, I love to
1: talk. Right. That's why I'm so excited to have you on here. I love you, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's talk numbers. What, mm-hmm. what should somebody expect in terms of salary for a role like this?
0: So the salary really ranges. It depends like what you're doing, if you're commission-based, if you're salary-based. But um, something that sticks with me is that my boss always tells me you will make the most money in sales. Right, and that's, that's probably like,
1: because of commission. And, and the truth is some people sure. when they're in sales jobs, they only make commission. It's like you're not actually going to get a salary. You're only going to get based on the sales that you make, which is interesting.
0: Right, which is happens to be a good incentive for them. I mean, it's tough for people that don't make a salary and are strictly commission-based because you don't literally don't see a paycheck until you go and make those sales. But those are the people that are really hustling and doing, they're literally doing whatever they can to make a sale because if they don't hustle, they're not making anything. But I like, if you're talking salary wise, I think starting would be around 40. Mm -hmm. I'm not so positive, but I think that would be an average starting point. But there's definitely a lot of room for growth in this industry, especially if you get commission. Mm -hmm. And um, it's always important to speak up if you think you're not making enough. Um, definitely speak up and don't be afraid to ask for a raise. If That's you like know, the best
1: advice, by the way, because people think like, oh, I'm doing a great job. Like my boss is going to come to me and give me a raise. Like I need no. be doing the best job. You could have the most nice boss. Like I've heard of this like maybe one out of 3,000 times, but at the end of the day, it's a business. And if you don't speak up for yourself and say, you know, I feel like I'm adding more value here than what I'm getting, nobody's right. going to hand you money.
0: It's not being handed to you. If you know that you're, working your butt off and doing a great job you have to go with those facts and walk up to the whoever you need to walk up to and be like this is what I've done since I've been here I feel like I deserve more look any boss is going to challenge you and be like okay like you know nobody's handing you money and they're not no one's throwing money at anybody and And if you're asking
1: for you by the way because then you're going to go and do this every two months so they're always going to try to make it hard for you but no you
0: definitely can't ask every two months I think it's 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 a thing to ask like every six months or every year it depends on the job it depends where you are and what you're doing right but or you definitely if you just have to done wait
1: something like really valuable and added a lot of value to the team then that could be a reason to go different conversation exactly. but definitely <laughs> For sure it's such an important thing because I think especially people in general they're just so awkward when it comes to talking about money like it just feels like this taboo thing and I feel like it's probably on purpose because if it was easier to talk about money then big companies would be losing money but right speaking up such a good lesson yeah. definitely don't be afraid mm-hmm. and whether it be like I said before for a job do you like do you need help can i do something or you know like i really think that i'm bringing more value than what i'm getting um and also just another side tangent talking about salary doesn't only have to be like, if you're talking about a raise or, or moving up, it doesn't always have to be in terms of money. It could be in terms of more benefits or more flexibility or more, you know, paid, for paid sure. off or something. So it doesn't always have to look like I'm getting a salary increase for it to be, you know, they value me and they're giving me something to show that they value me. Which
0: is nice. Right. That's definitely a great point to touch upon. Okay. I'm really happy you brought that up. Um,
1: so we touched upon the different character traits that you would need for the job the requirements that are not necessarily requirements, the salary. Um, So what advice would you give to somebody who is thinking about pursuing a job in sales?
0: It's all about who you know. Network, network, network. I know I said it a million times before, but it's all about who you know. You have to be outgoing and always ask questions. Do not be afraid to ask for help.
1: Mm -hmm. So when you're like networking with clients, does this involve like, going for lunch with them and like because I know within like real estate sales that's what they do it's like they're constantly having meals with their clients does it look like that in apparel it does we
0: invite buyers to our showroom we give them lunch we order them lunch um I actually have an account that we're really close with we were supposed to go out for dinner and drinks with them but then corona happened and we had Mm -hmm. to push off our plans whatever but it's you're building real relationships. I know about their kids. I know about their husbands. I know about their boyfriends, their wives, you know. Yeah, We know, we know personal things about each other.
1: Right. So this reminds me of like the, <laughs> the office, because like there's a scene where Michael Scott has like these little cards where he has everybody's like information. And it's like this funny joke. Cause it's like the things in green is like, I'm going to go ahead and not say these things. But how do you keep it? how do you keep it together? Like, how do you remember all these things? Is it just that you're such a good people person that you remember? Or do you keep notes on people's personal lives?
0: (laughs) So I do go into the showroom with a notebook, but I don't write things down about their personal lives because I feel like that would be a little creepy and weird. Mm -hmm. But um, I do have the worst memory in the world. But when it comes to people, that is
1: like, I remember those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes you great at sales, really? Yeah, I guess it helps. (laughs) No, I have to imagine that people recognize that you are amazing at your job because it just sounds like every single skill that you have matches up with this job perfectly.
0: I appreciate that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm so flattered by you. <laughs> no, really, you feel it when, when you're talking about it because you're so passionate about it because it's something that like you really love to do. Like you said, you're you're being your authentic self as you're doing your job, which is amazing. Right. So did you ever think about maybe pivoting to like a different industry different type of work or really so I've actually been asked by people that we
0: know I've I've been poached before people have approached me and said I don't know many Syrian girls that do this kind of job I know you're a very hard worker would you want to come work for me and sell this or like Someone asked me if I would come sell makeup for them and someone else asked me if I would come sell fire extinguishers for them. But I've turned down the offers because I really do love my job. Um, I love the team that I work with and I love this industry.
1: Yes, let's talk about that for a little bit because I think a lot of times we overlook like loving the people you work with and like the environment. So can you speak a little bit about that? Yes.
0: So. Um, I happen to be very lucky. I have a very unique relationship with my boss and the people that I work with directly on a day to day. They're very flexible with me. We're very personal. You know, it's all about being easygoing. Look, obviously, you got to get the job done. If I wasn't getting things done, it would be a disaster. But Right. We all value each other and and everyone's opinion matters. So that is where we're able to build our relationships and, you know.
1: Right. So when you say flexible, like in what ways?
0: Flexible in what ways?
1: Like that they'll give you the morning off if you have something, like in that sort of way or more just like? you don't always have to be intensely, intensely working. Like, what do you mean by flexible?
0: Yeah, I have a lot of flexibility. Not a lot, but I do have a nice amount of flexibility. They're very easygoing. Oh, this goes back to speaking up. When I I feel like whoever hears this and is an owner of a company is going to kill me that I say this. But when I started working and they had offered me this new sales job, I spoke up and I said what I wanted. I said, when I come to work, I'm not working Fridays and they're like what do you mean you're not working Fridays? I was like you want me? I'm not working Fridays. And sure. I don't know what happened but I got it. Look, don't get me wrong, I'm still I have a work phone. I walk around with two phones. It sounds cooler than it is. It's very annoying, but whatever. <laughs> um I walk around with two phones. I check my emails if anything is urgent I always like to say like is anything burning quote unquote like if something is extremely important I'll go to my computer and I'll do what I need to do to answer but like I I spoke about what I wanted and what I needed in order to do the job and I was able to get it. It's not the case with everybody. Look, they could have told me no. And I think when I did say that, my boss thought he would get me to come in on Fridays after a certain amount of time, but that never happened and it's
1: not gonna happen. <laughs> the truth is I think it's, it's, I don't think you're the only exception. You know what I mean? People have to know sure. that they should, Speak up for things, and if somebody values you and, and knows that you're gonna get the work done, because like you said, it's not like you're you're off Fridays and you're just like la da, Like I'm not gonna get my work done. Like you're gonna make sure that things get done. You're very professional. You know what needs to get done, and if that's a big value to you, and that's the only thing standing in the way, like people should know that, especially now with Corona, that things are people are realizing companies are realizing you can have people working online you can have people working from home for sure it's a whole different era that's coming our way and you should be able to speak up for what you want because i'm not saying like oh i'm I'm gonna work from home and i'm gonna do nothing all day i'm saying i need to work from home because i need that flexibility but i'm gonna get what needs to get done done and you can trust me on that
0: right and i'm happy look obviously this is not the best terms that things happen with corona and everything but it's nice that everybody was able to realize that you can work remotely and you can get things done from working from home. Right. You know, I sat and had zoom meetings with buyers with no samples, nothing just to, to sell the line because life has to go on. You know, of course the beginning of Corona was very hard. I mean, we were getting order cancellations left and right because all the stores were closed. But once things got back up and running, we were like, okay, let's go. We have to move forward.
1: Right. Because like you said, you're selling spring 2021. And by then, like people might need the stores. to (laughs) to
0: Exactly.
1: So it really the show must go on.
0: Yeah, show must go on. (laughs) All right. So
1: end this off with our favorite party question. If I'm at a party and I meet somebody and they're in sales, no matter I guess where it is, if it's fashion sales, if it's jail attire (laughs) sales, (laughs) what's a good follow up question for after the what the heck do you do?
0: so i think a few good questions would be like what do you sell right because i sell i sell a few different things but the coolest thing that i think i sell is be kids apparel we just happen to be lucky and have that license mm-hmm. that's really cool um another question could be like who do you sell to um it's not i don't know it depends on the people like you're not supposed to talk with buyers about other accounts that you sell but i think it's okay to talk about it with people that you know Mm -hmm. and I think another cool question that we didn't really touch upon is about traveling because I do happen to travel for my job see because this is what
1: I'm saying guys she's a she's a girl in a guy's job like you think of like the guys that go to Vegas and they do the things like Sylvia's doing that (laughs) so us a little about that (laughs)
0: um honestly until I got there I was pushing when I took the job I was like Raymond I want to travel you have to let me travel and he did not let me travel for the first few months and I'll never forget my first business trip he took me to Seattle with him to go to Costco USA and it was just like that was my wow moment that was like oh my god I love this job this is for me I went to Seattle I traveled to Canada a few times I went to Vegas a few times to go do the shows um and where else did I go recently right before corona oh I went to Pittsburgh so yeah, tell us a little bit about what you do when you travel
1: what, what is the trip for
0: so it depends what the trip is for so if I'm going to a specific account so this is not Vegas if you're going to Vegas you're going for a trade show and like an example of what I do in Vegas is I go to the show and Fila corporate so like the Fila adult people mm-hmm. they have a booth and they give us a rack in their booth for me to come and show my kids line, whatever Mm -hmm. we had. So they send me I go to Vegas, I go to the show, set up the booth. um, And then I'm there really networking, making new connections. Right, which you're at. great, finding, (laughs) finding new accounts. But if I'm going on a trip to like Canada or Seattle, Pittsburgh, things like that, Sometimes they're day trips. Sometimes, most of the time they're day trips. You literally fly early in the morning and you come back late at night, literally mm-hmm. like a man. And sometimes you sleep there, but most of the time it's a day I trip. I hope we
1: change this narrative, by the way. I hope people start saying like like Sylvia Dweck, you know?
0: <laughs> Not like a man, like Sylvia. That'd exactly. be cool. Um, <laughs> so to go to an account, it's basically that they can't come to you Obviously, we like when accounts could come to our showroom because they get to see not just the line we're showing them, they get to see everything, you know, Mm -hmm. they see more colors, they see more products. That's why we like them to come to the showroom, especially for meeting them for the first time. But if they can't, we will take it upon ourselves to get on a plane and go to them with a sample case, which is a luggage filled with samples to go show them the line so that we can make the sale. Wow. Yeah.
1: I'm just very impressed. Like, I know I just keep saying, wow, but it's just, I think what you do is so cool. And I'm so happy we did this so that people could really understand what it is that you do and, and what sales people do and what people in the apparel business do. I mean, you also touched upon other jobs within this industry, like being a buyer or being the designer or being the person who, what would you call it, the people who like input the data on like all the order types of stuff? Allocation.
0: Then Allocation. there's production, the people that go overseas to the factories to make sure that like the products look good and that you're getting real things and not just being scammed by a factory or something right a lot goes into it really like the next time you pick up a t-shirt or a pair of sweatpants you know that a lot of work went into it yeah for sure
1: and that's why it's $30 or $50 and not 50 cents.
0: (laughs) exactly
1: (laughs) all right so this is really awesome thank you so much for sharing your story I think what you do is so cool and I hope that we can have you on again when you're, you know, higher up in the company telling us more things that you do.
0: Oh, oh, Carol, you know, I love you. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) This is so much
1: fun. You were awesome. Thanks so much. Thanks, Carol. Talk to you later. (laughs) Bye. Next time on What the Heck Do You Do, Haim Rudy explains to us what the heck a plastic surgeon does.
0: So this guy, for example, was a guy from, from India. He had been chewing on
1: this thing called um, batel nut, which causes oral cancer, he had his cancer. So now we have to reconstruct the floor of his mouth, his mandible, and his basically like throat organ. So what we did was we essentially, we went to his leg and then we shaped the muscle and the skin
0: to match the shape of the trachea and the esophagus. And we used the skin, we positioned it in such a way to recreate the floor of the mouth.
1: Thank you guys for joining this episode of What the Heck Do You Do? We really hope you enjoyed and that you will rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. But more importantly, if you have a job or career that people just don't understand, please email us at whattheheckdoyoudo at gmail.com with your job title and a quick description of what the heck you do. Until next time.